A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a whole lot of stories were told. Seriously, it's hard to keep track of everything in the Star Wars universe. Through films, comic books, TV shows, novels, and much, much more, sorting out what is legend, what is canon, and which stories are told from a certain point of view can be a bit tough. We're here to help you sort through that mess and to stay up to date with what's going on in the galaxy. So sit tight, strap in, grab your favorite co-pilot if you want to, and get ready to make the jump to light speed. Ladies, gentlemen, Wookiees of all ages, these are the Holocron Chronicles. Welcome to the Holocron Chronicles. This is episode 13, lucky number 13. My name is Mark, a.k.a. The Canardian. I'm joined by my favorite co-pilot in all the galaxy, Charlie Cardin. Charlie, how are you doing today? All the galaxy? That feels like a promotion. Last week I was <laughs> knocking around the sector. So, I mean, no, I, that that, uh, that alone makes me feel great. That made my Monday. I feel fantastic. Perfect. Perfect. And we're also joined by a very special guest. We've got... A, a rebel pilot kind of making sure that we're flying through the galaxy okay we're joined by dano from the dano channel on youtube if you're not subscribed already go check it out amazing star wars content but i'm gonna let him introduce himself dano how are you doing tonight i'm doing good man thank you so much for inviting me on it's gonna be fun Oh yeah! I'm super excited to have you. I've been a fan of your channel for a long time. I think back in 2019, my wife and I were going to Florida. I was looking for some good Galaxy's Edge content. I wanted to know nice. what kind of lightsaber to build. I was tossing between uh, Elemental Nature, which is what I went with. And uh, did you get the I Rancor think, Tooth? Of course. Yeah, yes. everybody gets the I Rancor Tooth, it, right? Man. Yeah. I, that was it. Like that was the only piece I knew, and you know, it's not a video game or a video podcast. But I'm holding my lightsaber up. But this is this is the one I built. Uh, but uh, you know, we I, I I watched a ton of your stuff and and just tried like even like <laughs> I was walking into Galaxy's Edge and I was still like, oh man, do I go with green or blue Kyber crystal? Do I still want the <laughs> Rancor tooth? I kind of like the Rancor tooth, but like I also like just like the. Um, what was it the protection and defense like the regular like the jedi saber yeah. um so you know peace and justice, yeah, peace peace and justice. justice. Uh, yes yeah uh and then you know the, just gotta let the force <laughs> guide you in the moment right? that was it that was it once once i saw the pieces in real life uh that was that was it and and for the uh, we, we might be able to get into this a little bit later but like for my crystal picking bit of the ceremony you know they get you to close your eyes when you're in there oh yeah and wow like i legitimately 
asked my like I asked my wife afterwards. I was like, so they shine like a green light or something on me? Because like I legitimately <laughs> they were like, close your eyes and you'll see the color that you're supposed to pick. And I like I saw green because I was tossing between wow, blue. Wow, that's crazy. And like I saw green and she was like, no, it was pitch black. Like she wasn't building a saber. She was like filming yeah, me. They, they don't shine anything. I, I filmed and, it a couple times that yeah. I filmed it. They don't put anything in your face. So weird. Uh, so weird. And I like legitimately saw green. It was it was the weirdest thing. So I got the green. I bought blue later. Uh, cause, uh, no, actually they gave me a free blue one cause the, there was something screwed up in my, uh, my build, but anyway, so you're, you're kind of an, an expert in galaxy's edge, but I'm going to let you, let's, you. let's get you straight off and introduce yourself for anyone that's not familiar and, uh, give a little bit of, uh, first off, maybe your star Wars origin. How you got into Star Wars, because uh, we always do that, an introduction to any guests that we have. But secondly, yeah, introduce yourself, your channel, and kind of what you do. Cool. So I'm Dano. I've been doing YouTube since about 2014 when I first started doing like Disney artwork on shoes and then pivoted to Disney theme parks. And then through Disney theme parks, ended up pivoting towards Star Wars and Disney theme parks. So you see how Galaxy's Edge comes into play here. Um, and through that, started diving in more heavily towards building lightsabers at Disneyland with the old like kiosk with the plastic pieces uh, dove really heavy into that. And that actually got a lot of growth from my channel. And that's what I feel like I'm mostly known for until galaxy's edge hit. And like people like yourself who are looking for info before they went on their trip. I, I was obsessed I mean, before galaxy's edge came out, you know, ask my wife, I was, I wouldn't shut up about it for months. It's all I was thinking about <laughs> planning on, you know, I'm going to go there. I'm going to buy everything. I'm going to build all the lightsabers. I'm building droids. I wanted to know everything I could about Galaxy's Edge before it opened. And so I really leaned my channel in towards that and just started providing that kind of information with anybody who wanted to hear it. And luckily that did pretty well for my channel. And now that's kind of more what I'm known for is the Galaxy's Edge presence. Mm -hmm. um, now, how I got into Star Wars, this is always a funny story. Back in 96, actually it was like 94, I was gifted the THX VHS set. With a purple, you know, everybody. Uh, I got the same so, ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm 37. So, like, you know, at that age, I was gifted that. And being a snotty kid, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, that looks weird. I don't want anything to do with it. And it sat in a closet. I had no clue what it was. Sat in a closet for probably about two years. And it was 1996. I was home alone and on USA Network, Empire Strikes Back had come on. I remember flipping channels and seeing a Tauntaun. I didn't know it was a Tauntaun at the time, but seeing this weird little furry lizard creature walk across the snow. And I'm like, what is this? So I get sucked in. I'm watching it. And then, the, you know, Yoda shows up. I'm like, oh, this is Star Wars. I know the cultural references. At that point, like it had been referenced in Tommy Boy. And, you know, we keep speaking to the fan, Luke, I am your father. All that stuff. I'd known the cultural references, but I didn't I'd never seen the movies. So that day I finished watching Empire Strikes Back. And my parents were divorced, living in separate places. And I knew where the down in El Paso, Texas, in a closet somewhere, was my THX trilogy of Star Wars. So I was like, on my dad's next trip up to come see us, I was like, hey, I need you to dig into the closet. I think I know where I left it. Bring that up. And and from then on, the second I had that trilogy in my possession, I was watching it all the time. But luckily, the next day, when I was home alone, Return of the Jedi played. So I kind of watched them in a weird order, Empire... Jedi, and then like later when I got the trilogy in my hands, I finally watched A New Hope. But so you were I was doing prequels, prequel order before yeah, it was even yeah, cool. A weird machine. Wow. Yeah. We knew about it. <laughs> Crazy. 
crazy. <laughs> but from then on, it was that was like I think I was in like sixth or seventh grade. It was between sixth and seventh. Um, from then on, that kind of decided who my friends were, who I was going to hang out with, who I was going to sit with at the lunch table. Whoever wanted to talk Star Wars or play the Star Wars CCG card game, it was like Magic the Gathering, but Star Wars. I got super nerd. Never, I rarely even played the game. I just wanted to collect the cards and read all the little minutia details about aliens. And, and I dove into the world deep back then and always just just loved it. All that, all just the like silly, weird, especially the cantina aliens, like Kid Kidkak, the Mantis, and like Lisa Bzor. <laughs> like there's so many random little characters that in the movies we don't really get to see. But thanks to books, thanks to action figures, thanks to the card games, we get so much more lore and so much more out of the Star Wars universe thanks to all that other stuff. And so I kind of try to bring that nerdiness and all that weird minutia to my channel when I'm looking at toys or talking about galaxy's edge stuff and yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it all. I, uh, yeah, I, I called out, um, speaking of the cantina, we, we did an episode, uh, with, with Brock McLaughlin a couple of weeks ago that I called out, uh, is it Cabe, the little bat dude Cabe, in the cantina yeah. that's it's yeah. like, give me a drink right Reaching now. I'm tired of waiting. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I just got it. Cause like it, that, one of those characters that, uh, to me, that that whole episode is about weird characters that bring the universe to life. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was one in the first movie, the first time I saw it, it was just like, okay, like there's this little bat guy and he's just like so engaging and the costume detail was so great, but it's like, that's what fleshes out this universe, right? And it, the super Star Wars fans like us, we want to know the name and the backstory and what they had for lunch for the, like every single weird alien that's sitting in a corner of the cantina. But like, I get that, man. I I totally feel that in my soul. And so just because I have to nerd out and bring this to Galaxy's Edge, Cabe, that species, that little bat species, is a Chadra fan. So in the story Black Spire, the book Black Spire, one of the the people that helps build the Resistance presence, and if you're writing Rise of the Resistance, when you're in queue, you go through this old ruin that they've turned into a Resistance base. But one of the creatures in the story that helps Vimerati do that is a Chadra fan species, this little bat. And she's this unassuming character that like you wouldn't think anything of. And she becomes so super helpful. And it's like yep. it's like one of the cooler characters in the story. So because you brought up Cabe, I had to like throw that in. For I love guys. that book. I, I've, I've mentioned it several times on the show. Big fan of that book. Uh, listen to the audiobook actually, on the flight down That's to Galaxy. That's the best way to do it. So great. So well voice acted and stuff. But, uh, you get like blaster sounds details. and music. Yeah. It's, it's the best way to enjoy any of those books. Sadly, I didn't get to ride Rise of the Resistance, but like even watching walkthroughs, I'm like, that was in the book. That was in the book. And like, you know, going through Galaxy's Edge, like going through Batu, it's even like uh, one that I pointed out to my wife was just like, yeah, you see that that uh, railing that's like bent and like broken or whatever. Like, yeah, Oga shot a Wookiee that like cheated on her. Like, and that's that's how that happened. The man um, shot, just like, shot Liberty, Liberty Valance or, or uh, Bylert Valance, if you prefer. Yeah, <laughs> so many little details. It's uh, it's amazing. Um, so let's let's before we get more into Galaxy's Edge, let's take it back for a second. Uh, we've been watching the Bad Batch. Everyone's caught up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. So uh, let's let's do a little recap. Uh, Charlie and I promised to do little recaps of, uh, of Bad Batch every couple of weeks. So it'll be two episodes at a time. So summary number one, the replacements. Charlie, you want to take us through a little bit of what happened in this episode? 
Well, we had, I would say, not a ton of original exciting content going on. Uh, you know, we've got our gang on the run. Uh, their ship is is futzing about, uh, and they're passing by this moon, and their ship just decides to uh, take a crap out, so they crash on this moon, uh, and having to recover a part and repair. And I got to be honest with you, I, w- I was bored stiff for three quarters of this episode because, and again, even this review uh, that we have posted from Den of Geek, as it promises, uh, this is this is the Frog Lady episode from Mandalorian Season 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, and I had another buddy of mine comment, he said, Star Wars is straight up out of original things to do because this is just a retread. Uh, the only thing that I found really redeemable about this episode is continuing uh, the departure of uh, Crosshair, uh, Cross Harris, who is the member of the Bad Batch who ended up staying behind because it was his inhibitor chip that worked out of the five of them that he followed along with Order 66, that he is commanding a, squ- uh, a squadron of human troopers uh, into a mission where they're they're looking to root out, they're trying to find Saw Guerrero's partisans, their last known location. Uh, and instead, you know, when, when they confront a, uh, a woman uh, and, you know, a few of these... Uh, these remaining rebels, uh, Crosshair just shoots them straight up. Uh, and the, the human trooper says, I'm out of here. We didn't sign up to be a death squad. We signed up to serve the Empire. Uh, and he turns his back on Crosshairs. And, of course, Crosshair still has something, you know, quippy to say. And then he shoots the guy, too. He says, good soldiers follow orders. I mean, this guy is full Terminator. So mm-hmm. it's, setting it, it's setting it up without a doubt. Uh, before the end of the the season, I don't know if this is going to be a multi season arc. I'm really hoping at this pace that it's simply going to be ten episodes because I don't know that more than ten episodes at this pace is going to be bearable because it's pretty slog and it's pretty feel it feels pretty rehashed for kind of things we've seen before. Um, but you see both not only crosshairs do that, but also you see uh, a, a side cut of the two Kaminoans uh, in a uh, back at. Uh, back on Camino talking about, well, you know, we're going to get cut out of this clone business because uh, they're going to a human army and we're not going to, you know, we're going to get cut out of the profits here. And they said, we've got to get our bad batch back because that's, you know, that's the, that's the, the kernel secret recipe. That's where it's at. <laughs> we've got to do that to keep the scene going. Um, and so, yeah, so they're, they're talking about hashing a plot and they're thinking that crosshairs is going to be the way to accomplish mm-hmm. that. So again, Anything that's interesting in this episode happens within, in my opinion, j- those those two things that I described. The rest of it is like, oh, we're crashed on, we're, we're crashed on a rock, and they they also pulled out one of the tropes. And I was telling this to my wife as we were watching it that I absolutely hate is that when the scene is so dark that you've got to turn off all the lights in your house. Mm-hmm. And I know in my living room, in the reflection of the TV, there's one of the windows that faces the side of the house. So if it's daylight. You can't see part of the screen, and it's just like, just stop doing that. You know, mm-hmm. give us something to see. I get, oh, you're trying to set the mood, and it's dark, and it's suspenseful, but half the time, half of the time, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So that I did not really care for myself. Daniel, what did you think of this one? Um, I enjoyed it. I get exactly what you're saying, Charlie, where it's getting a little bit, like, formulaic. They're just diving into the same formula over and over. Um and you're right. You're right. When you say it's a, it's kind of a not. I don't want to say filler episode because I feel like that gets thrown out around a lot with some Star Wars animated shows. But it kind of was. It kind of was a little bit of a filler. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying the series so far. Uh, I actually haven't really talked to anybody about it, so it's, so it's all fresh being able to talk to anyone. Um, 
I, I'm enjoying it, and I like seeing these little things like touching base with Saw. For, yeah. Even if it's brief, mm-hmm. every yeah, episode's like, had yeah. a little something where we, t- you know, we had uh, Caleb Doom in the first one. You know, there's little mm-hmm. things in each episode where we're touching on another part of Star Wars. And I think they're doing a really good job of bringing it all in. And I just wonder what the next, I guess, six episodes have in store for us as far as what they're going to, what stuff they're going to pull from the rest of the universe to tie together. Uh, yeah. But I'm liking how they're doing that. I didn't have the same issue with things being too dark. I watch everything super dark anyways. I like I try to when I watch stuff, I I try to go for as theatrical as possible, turn off all the lights, like you yep, know, yep. live in my little den, backlight, and you know. Um so I try to it watch it that way, but I have a similar situation where my back window, if it's at all at all daylight, I can't see some stuff. So I feel you. I feel you on that sometimes. So I just like set myself up for success and only watch at night if I can. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, I have the same issue. Like a big front window of mine is uh, reflecting in the TV and it didn't affect me for this episode. But the next episode I, uh, I had to watch today because I hadn't had a chance to uh, over the weekend. And it was, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this isn't my ideal viewing situation. I usually watch them at night, similar to Dano. And, uh, but yeah, overall, I thought this episode was was okay. It wasn't the best, but I did love the uh, the Sagarera stuff. I love the the little tiny sects of the rebellion that you can spot throughout things. Uh, those those little embers that you know light the seed or the spark or whatever the hell was from uh, Rise of Skywalker or whatever movie that was from. Um, which one was that? No, that was from. The Rogue One, the spark that'll light the fire. That was that was Last Jedi. Last Jedi. That's yeah, it was Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so so little bits of that, and you can see how like Crosshair shooting the the innocent people, and then turning around and shooting one of his own. You can kind of see like you know, uh, if anyone sees that, like okay, the Empire's definitely twisted. We're gonna go keep you know fighting the resistance. Uh, we're we're gonna continue this rebellion. Uh, you could even imagine some of the troopers that have signed up. If the things continue to go that way, you see this. This uh, sadly, you know, got shot point blank by crosshair and killed. But you could kind of imagine that if that guy escaped, he would be one of the first rebel fighters uh, that's, that's, you know, instantly signing on saying like this crosshair guy is out of his effing mind. Right. Word. How can I fight for you? What can I do? Similar to agent Callis from rebels. Right. He had enough. He was like, this isn't. And so I, I do like seeing that in these episodes, like replacements where, it's it's grittier, it's darker. It's not something we see in the typical like Skywalker trilogy, but we see it more in Rogue One. We see it in these shows like Rebels, where you really get a better picture of what the war was like, of what mm-hmm. what this turmoil actually was for regular people and these like bystander, you know. And so I, I like that they do that in these shows and they're taking the chance here in this format to do it. But I, I hope we get to see that in more live action stuff coming soon too. Like with the Absolutely. Andor show. I hope it's just as dark, just as gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think, I mean, we already saw that from uh, Cassie and Andor, like in yeah. in oh, yeah. uh, Rogue One, right? Like he just shoots that guy in the alley and he's just like, okay, well, you're not going to escape. So you're going to die and I'm going to escape. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're right on. Uh, in the next episode, uh, Charlie, you can give us a little breakdown of this, but one thing I liked and I'll point out before you, you break it down was the flip side of that. So in, in episode three, we saw 
the start of the resistance and why people are fighting, why people are becoming rebels. And then this one, we saw people literally cheering stormtroopers in the streets. And it was, uh, to me, a really cool two sides of the same coin kind of thing of like, you know, these people are in the woods getting the rebellion ready. And these people are like buying into the wars over. You guys saved us and we're signing up. Uh, here we go. So, uh, Charlie, you want to give us a little breakdown of this one? Absolutely. This one turned the corner for me. It kind of turned me back from uh, having what was really sort of a lackluster level of excitement uh, in really episodes two and three. Uh, back around to this, so you're turned around to uh, what I'm really starting to enjoy in the comic books right now is the, uh, and after kind of a whirlwind waving it through, and we're going to talk about it in the next episode, the Bounty Hunters are because there is a Marvel Comics uh, title called The Bounty Hunters right now. Uh, I, I mentioned, I dropped a name a little bit earlier, Bylert Valance is the main bounty hunter in that uh and in this you're seeing that yeah the bounty hunter culture which we only really got teased with uh in episode two with Django fett and zam wessel who was the his kind of adjutant who he ended up whacking when she was going to give him away um you know we get uh we get uh oh my god i'm gonna forget her name uh, uh ferrick shan who we saw in the Mandalorian. This is, of course, 25 years prior to that. So she was a young woman at this point and already in the game. Well, she had obviously accepted a contract uh, that uh, probably from the Kaminoans that they want Omega back. Uh, so she is doing what she can to take care of this babe in the woods, dumb kid who's wandering around saying, yeah, you know, I see you're lost. I'm going to help you find your friends or whatever. Uh, and walking her down the street until, you know, Hunter, John Rambo, catches up with her, and then it turns into a bloody punch-up. They're shooting at each other. Uh, and then we get some really solid action over the next, you know, 10 minutes of the show of, you know, a speeder chase and some nice blaster action and just some really cool overall stuff going on. All the while, Omega, she just doesn't know what the hell's going on because really they're explaining it to her as they're flying away. What was that all about? Well, there was a bounty hunter and... uh What's a bounty hunter? I mean, she doesn't know. She doesn't know her, you know, ass from a hole in the ground, as we say in my neck of the woods. She really just does not know what's going down. So it has to be explained. Well, a bounty hunter is someone who takes money to 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 capture someone, and that someone is you because you're you know you're an asset, you're a valuable commodity, and somebody wants you back. And, and so he says, you know, we've got to find out who did that and why, and we we've got to keep running. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they're on the run, and clearly that is the theme. Uh, of the season, I hope overall of the show, because again, I don't know that I would really embrace the Bad Batch as being some like it's going to run for seven seasons. I just don't feel like there's that much of a story to tell, but I would like to see, obviously, by the conclusion of this, you know, Omega is the main character of this show. She is the one who's got some juice. There's something interesting going on there because, as our esteemed colleague uh, Todd Oxford would point out, you know, oh boy, clones. Let's you know, let's beat that dead horse. You know, what <laughs> else? What, what else interesting can be done with clones uh, beyond mm -hmm. this point? But uh, but Omega is clearly something different. Mark and I talked a lot about in the last episode about Omega or Omega in her Kiwi accent. Uh, would potentially uh, be a Force-sensitive clone, which is fascinating, because how did she become Force-sensitive if she is a uh, a variant of the Jango Fett clone material? Um, and, you know, and even that's something in Episode 3, the Kaminoans were saying, well, our, our Jango Fett uh, code is starting to wear out, so I guess I guess a clone template can wear out, but after, you know, the hundreds of thousands of clones that they produce from Jango Fett, you know, maybe, again, the original recipe starts to squeak out, and you don't have those 17 herbs and spices anymore. It's just starting to get kind of mm -hmm. thin. Um, so, 
yeah, there's there's a mystery building. The the Kaminoans are desperate to get her back. Why are they desperate to get her back? She is a product. She's an asset, and they've got to get her back um, and figure out what's in her so that they can make more of it, so they can kind of keep their economy afloat. Because you can tell, you know, their 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 economy ain't fishing on that world with those crazy storms. So uh, the reason they got <laughs> into cloning is that that's all they do. Um, so they're desperate to figure it out. So I will certainly be curious. Uh, again, to see where things go from this episode, because that's kind of where, um, you know, after what I consider to be kind of a kind of a drag for myself for episodes two and three. I thought episode two on the planet was kind of interesting, but episode three I thought was kind of Dudsville. So th- this kind of piqued my interest back up again. Excellent. Dano, what'd you think? For me, this episode really reminded me a lot of Rebels, which is one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars. Just being in that little corner of that city, zipping around, you're seeing a lot of different species around there. It, it, Like we were saying earlier, that's when, to me at least, Star Wars is at its best, is when you see all those different species. Even if it's just a guy bumbling around saying, hey, you know, you bumped into me as you ran by. It gave me a very much like some of those chases you'd have on Lothal with Ezra you know, it's the same thing. You'd bump into the same mm-hmm. guy carrying a crate or whatever. He'd get mad. It just had that same vibe to it. It was really awesome how they pulled Fennec Shand in. We knew she was coming. We knew yep. she was coming eventually. Yep. And I think the application of her was really well used. Um, and I think we're going to get more of her. Hopefully she doesn't become too much. Maybe we'll see her like two or three episodes from now. Mm-hmm. But it's nice, again, like they're doing that thing where they're pulling from a little bit of everything. And now right. we're pulling from the Mandalorian. So in in that same note, what you were saying about Omega, kind of to pivot a little bit, uh, possibly being force sensitive, which there I, I feel like we can all agree they're definitely hinting at that, right? Like right, it's a little touch here and there, yeah. She's yeah, they're they're definitely trying to make us think that. Yeah. But I wonder if force sensitive cloning may tie in further to Mandalorian later, because we know season two we saw they were cloning whatever Snoke or you know in the mm-hmm. background we saw that kind of stuff. We know those cloners right. are somewhat related. You know, and, so and even uh, even back the, full circle. Yeah, even the dude, uh, the the scientist guy had uh, you logo. know some, some mm-hmm. Kamino logo uh, on him. Exactly. So like he's exactly. working. So that's that's uh, what I'm wondering. Are they are they doing that same magic they're doing with the rest of the episodes where they're pulling stuff? Maybe mm-hmm. we don't even know of yet how it links in. And yeah, no, I, I, I so far I, I love it. I, I it got me thinking. I was like, oh, this is a this is a fun, cool. Best action in the episode so far. Maybe episode one had a little bit better, but since it's been the best action that we've seen, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I said that a couple of episodes ago uh, when we first did did the first two episodes of of Bad Batch. I said the exact same thing, uh, Dano, that you just said was – a lot of times with these shows, I trust that there, everything that we see is going to lead somewhere. And while we're watching it on the first pass, we're getting bits and pieces that right now it's like, ah, oh, that seems like filler or, oh, that just doesn't really fit into the story as I know that it's progressing. But by the 10th episode, we're going to look back at episode three or four or whatever and go, oh, that's why that was here. That's why this little nugget of information was here. Yeah. Or we're going to see something again, tie into one of the other shows, Mandalorian or one of the films or whatever. Um, they're, they're so great with that. And, and now that Dave Filoni has been uh, upgraded to his yeah. status uh, of what is it? Executive crea- creative, creative director executive like or that. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 I, I think we're going to see these ties even further into all things Star Wars. Uh, I, I, think I, I really hope so, 
because I feel like they're just now getting good at it for the longest time since Disney took over. We've seen little things that they, they tried, like the story group tried to do. And sometimes they landed, sometimes they didn't. You see it more in the shows than you do in the actual films that they've released. But I feel like just now they're really starting to get it. And I don't know if it's a Filoni thing. I don't know who exactly is doing it. Maybe the story group is finally starting to gel and get it right. But we're seeing a lot of that stuff. And I hope you're right. Or maybe they're learning from Marvel. Because Marvel (laughs) has been doing it so well for so long. And it seemed early on. It seemed early on that that's what Star Wars was going to be doing. And I feel like my hopes at least were up and then kind of let down a little bit here and there. And I always, you know, would think so much like, oh, no, it's going to tie into this. And then it doesn't. And it's like, so we always have to be careful with that a little bit, not to get our expectations too, too high, because you never know. But I do feel like they're getting better and better and better at it. And so hopefully our expectations will be met a little bit with with stuff like that, because they're they're really hinting at it. And it would be a really cool payoff if they did it right. Hearing hearing Filoni talk about Star Wars, you get a sense that he knows more than pretty much anyone, maybe, you know, aside from George Lucas. Like he gets it and he learned probably equal to at this point. And it it might actually even be more at this point, given how much content has come out since George's departure. Yeah. Like it might if you were to weigh him out, it might actually be more. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And and hearing him even discuss the, the duel of the fates, if you haven't heard that explanation uh, of why duel of the fates is important, what that means in Anakin's future, what that battle means between Qui-Gon Jinn and, uh, and Darth Maul and, and, you know, Obi-Wan um, hearing his explanation it's it's like I need to go watch episode one right now. And like to me, like watching episode anytime I'm telling someone new how like the a watch order for Star Wars or something like eh, episode one, you can kind of watch the pod races and this battle. But like otherwise, it's like, yeah. And then but but hearing him talk about it, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that because I have a whole new appreciation. If he can whole make me appreciate that yeah Yeah, it's like man this this guy i trust this guy like just give him the reins make him the kevin feige of star wars and you know to charlie's point earlier star wars out of ideas they kind of rehash a few of the same stories and we're seeing this and, and a lot of the reviews are saying this show is very similar to mandalorian you know, I, I think they could hopefully learn from Star or for, from Marvel and and have each of their films or shows as a different genre. We'll see the heist and we'll see the trippy side of space and this and that. Whatever. I, I've been wanting that for so long. Like one of the first yeah. podcasts, like Star Wars podcasts, I did. We were talking about that. This is before Force Awakens came out, where we were talking. Like there was rumored there was going to be a solo, and we were talking about, oh, what if it's a cool like race movie, like Days of Thunder, but Star Wars. Or there could be like a like a Spinal Tap, but about figuring Dan and the modal nodes, you know, like oh a band God. documentary. But like, it was like, yes. oh, that's so cool to have these very specific genre movies set in the Star Wars universe. And we're we're getting little touches of that, like you said, with Mandalorian, we got very Western vibes, and they're mm-hmm. leaning into it hard, and it's doing really well, and it's landing with people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe we and we had a heist movie, Rogue One. Yeah, and you know. I, I feel like most people love Rogue One. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of these there's a lot of room to go there. We could get a full on pod racing movie if they do it right. Absolutely. Really I'd fun. It has nothing to do with any other characters, just a fun, awesome racing movie set in the Star Wars universe. Because why not? 
you you saying the the Spinal Tap type movie? Just follow the Who around, uh, not like the WHO. The oh yeah, the, uh, yeah, the who the, the, did the music? Uh, the, exactly, yeah, for, they like the Fallen Order music. <laughs> right. uh, those guys, uh, a like Mongolian badasses, but also like made up the language for that song for Star Wars. So just like straight up, put a tiny bit of makeup on them and just follow them around. Like I'd watch the hell out of that documentary. I watched the documentary that they made about making that song for fallen order. Like yeah. super interesting. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd watch anything, but I mean, we're doing a star Wars podcast. So I think we're a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> impartial or uh, partial to, to those kind of things. But I, yeah, I, I totally would love to see them expand the universe like they have for, uh, for Marvel. So yeah, we'll see what the, the rest of the episodes, uh, have in store for bad batch there's there's a what we're on four so there's six more Mm -hmm. so yeah lots of good star wars stuff and uh, yeah we're uh, did you guys see uh just before we we finish with this did you guys see like what's trending on twitter today of uh make solo 2 people oh yeah no no They I retweeted like, a couple today. Yeah. Well, yeah. People want Solo Two made. Um, there's there's rumors that uh, Mandalorian Three. I saw like last week that there it's going to tie into um, like there's going to be a massive time jump and it's going to like tie into Ray's story, like continuing on. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, there's some weird shit out there that's like that the is really interesting. Just spinning. So I, yeah, if they do I, yeah. that, that's how they tie Mando into Galaxy's Edge. Oh, which has been rumored and i was like how how do you do that and not sacrifice your story you built but if mm-hmm. they do something like that with mando then you have a little bit more wiggle room so just uh, interesting you said that. that interesting yeah well guys wrapping it up uh you guys have a little bit more galaxy's edge to talk about and i just am going to kind of nod back and smile because <laughs> uh, i've not been but you know let's uh <laughs> let, let let i mean you guys have already done a b- bunch of it on the front end but Definitely, I know you have some more to talk about, so let's do that, and then we'll kind of ramp her up and and say a say a very good night. Sounds great. So yeah, Dano, we couldn't have you on and not talk about Galaxy's Edge. So I'm going to throw a couple of star or a couple of questions at you. Uh, we we can just kind of talk about them kind of briefly. But first off, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars in real life. You know, we we've talked about the movies, the shows, and and being engrossed in the galaxy and in the universe that that they've built in Star Wars. What's it mean to you as a lifetime fan or a longtime fan to to walk into Star Wars? It's it was a really cool and kind of heavy feeling. Like, not gonna lie, I teared up a bit the first time I turned the corner and saw the Falcon. I, I, I lost the, my breath a little bit. Like, I have a video when I was recording it, and you could tell I, I took, a, like, 10 seconds where I was like, I don't want to talk yet because I know <laughs> I'm going to, like, be a blubbering idiot. But it was just that that first time you go to Galaxy's Edge is such a special experience. And I've been, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to go quite a few times since then. But for a lot of people, I know that they might just get one shot or one shot every couple of years or whatever. And that first time you get to visit Batu and you set foot and you go through, depending on whether you're on East or West, like if you go through one of those archways and turn the corner and see it as a star Wars fan, it's a really special experience. It's cool to be there. The smells, the sounds you hear ships flying overhead, zipping past you really loud. Like mm-hmm. you look up, like you, you always look up. Like, oh, where is it? Yeah. You know it's not there. <laughs> but you, it, the sound that they do and pipe in is so, so well done. 
you feel you feel like you're there. The smells are there. Everything. It it was like the I don't know if you guys have been to Star Wars Celebration, which is its own special thing. If you it's it's the community of all the Star Wars fans, like the energy of all these people who love this awesome franchise. It's that same love and energy, but boiled into a living, breathing place. Cool. And it's yeah, it, there's it's hard to explain, but the first time setting foot and going and again turning that corner, whichever way you come, turning the corner and seeing the full size Falcon up against those rocks, it's it's breath it, like literally breathtaking. Like because you 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 have to the first time you see it, just how huge and real it is. Mm-hmm. You're there. Yeah. It's yeah. It's so much fun. There's there's video of me walking like uh, when we walk in, you know, and seeing everything and I'm just like my mouth is just wide open the whole time. My wife's taking it and I don't I have no idea she's filming and I'm just like, well, like not saying a word, just like you can just see the expression on my face of like, holy shit, I'm eight years old and this is the best candy store I've ever been in. Like, yeah, it's an experience. It's and it's someone who makes videos about it. Let me tell you guys, video doesn't do it justice. No, it, it really doesn't. It, you have to be there. You have to be there with all the other fans. And it's just there's something about it, especially first. Make it the first part of your morning. Make yeah. that the first thing you do is like go to Galaxy's. Make that your goal for that day is to start at Galaxy's Edge and start your day like that, because it's it's really cool. But also see it at night because it's it looks really, really good. Exactly. Yeah, they go up. back at that because <laughs> it's, it's a completely different thing, but equally amazing. So Char- Charlie, not to leave you out, but are you enticed to see Star Wars in real life? Or oh, is I mean, like to do? Ab- absolutely. You know, simply based on, you know, Dano, I am I'm an avid cosplayer and you'll see that uh, oh, visiting. Yeah. Visiting our website, I and even today, I just I just dropped a couple of uh, of other um, uh, cosplay albums on there. But uh, I belong to a charity group here that we left recently. But I also run uh, a start a chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club, which is very heavily cosplay based. My wife and I do that. Um, but in my time, I've done plenty of Star Wars. I've got a director Krennic, which I've not been able to roll out in the public. The hair helps with that. I've got a great old man Han Solo. The hair helps with that that I've done uh, to some regard. Uh, I have a Luke Skywalker. I have the yellow jacket Yavin one that I really enjoy. So I have. I do have my own lightsaber, but it's store-bought. Sorry, not special like you guys. Um, <laughs> but I, I've always I've always really enjoyed that. You know, and, and I, you know, the vast majority of the friends that I keep are cosplayers, so we like to get together and do photo shoots and stuff like that. And uh, uh, I had a group that was was going to do something, uh, you know, Star Wars based uh, later in the winter time into the springtime, and that kind of fell apart. So, uh, always looking to get back into it. Uh, I have a great, uh, and that's what you see the T-shirt I'm wearing, uh, the uh, Rebel Squadron that, or the I say the X-wing Squadron I created as an original character as the 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 the, the carrier air group, the head pilot of that. I, I created the costume around that, and I used. I love it. The, I used the base of it. I. Love I that. I snagged uh, the jacket that Poe Dameron wore in The Last Jedi, and I gave it a history. I said, this jacket actually belonged to a rebel pilot back in the height of the rebellion, and the jacket was new back then. So when you see Poe wearing the jacket, he's got, uh, you know, you see the, the rebel patch on the shoulder is really worn. Well, on the jacket that I have, the patch is brand new because it was a brand new jacket for this colonel who was this this head pilot in this unit the dragon snakes actually is the name of the unit which anyone knows nice. yeah hear. i was like oh that's a, yeah this was created this, awesome. this was created by that's an associate of mine who's an artist yeah 
No, it really it was created by a guy named Ryan McConnell, who actually did the theme song uh, to the Star Trek pod- podcast that we have on our network. So very, very talented guy. Um, but uh, yeah, so in creating that, I took that. Uh, so the Colonel has that jacket. Uh, he's got just a, a basically a red kind of Mandarin collar shirt that you see throughout Star Wars. He's got my Luke's, my very expensive Luke Skywalker Empire Strikes Back belt that's real leather that I paid an arm and a leg for. Uh, he wears Han Solo's blue pants with the red stripe from A New Hope. And then I have my very venerable officer boots, which are um, basically the World War II Austrian boots that I got off of Etsy that I wear with like five or six different cosplays. I mean, they're the most venerable piece of cosplay uh, accessory that I have. So I love the Colonel. His name is, this is, it's corny, but I used to, I used to Star Wars name generator. His name is Colonel Valentine. That's the part, but I modified his first name to be Cardon and my last name is Cardin. So he is Colonel Cardon Valentine, Commander Air Group, USS Urlux, Rebel Alliance, like 10th Fleet or something. Uh, And I would love to get him out to a show at some point, but he's not really (laughs) seen the light of day other than some photography I had my wife shoot in my backyard. So I would love to get him out at some point. you got to get him out to Galaxy's Edge. That's going to be the ultimate. Take some uh, pictures. Now, if you're someone who cosplays, I would recommend going to Florida instead of California. Um, Florida and in Disney Studios Park, they're way more lax about people cosplaying. For some reason, in California and Anaheim, they're, they don't want you dressing up like characters. They will tell you right. to move parts of your costume if it's too much. Um, right. I actually wore, I bought the Galaxy's Edge Resistance Pilot outfit, the $250 full like outfit. Yeah, and I with, bought a different with the chest pack and helmet and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I, I wore it on May the 4th, a couple weeks ago. I went and I wore it, but I, I didn't wear the, I put the top down and I tied it around my waist. And I, But I still wore a white vest that's like a better vest than the one they sell. And at one point, one of the managers, not a regular cast member, but someone who came out of like a door, came out and was like, uh, I think you know why I'm talking to you. I was like, okay, <laughs> what do you suggest I do? And she just had me take the vest off wow. and, you know, change a little. Like, she's like, no, I like that you're not wearing the whole costume because we don't want you wearing costumes. But that kind of stuff doesn't happen in Florida. In Florida, okay. the cast members there are all about it and encourage it. And they really won't ask you to take any part of your costume off. You see, I'm I'm unless they're holding up a line, taking pictures with a billion people, right, which they don't right. to do. I could, I could definitely see wearing the costume, but for being in a theme park, I'd probably ditch the belt. Um, because again, I have a 3d printed <laughs> DL 44. Uh, but I, yeah, I would feel much more comfortable. Yeah, no, no blasters. Yeah. Follow and I, I do no have, blasters. and I just, blasters. yeah, no blasters, no blasters. I did just get, and it's the, um, it's the Star Wars Black Series issued. And it was a reissue Luke Skywalker's X-Wing helmet. And I've got it. It's in my den, uh, sure. on a, on a mannequin head right now. Cause I don't have anywhere else to wear it to. But, um, my next plan is to get his flight suit, which I decided for our squadron. I'd really like it to be the TIE fighter in black. Cause I kind of weary of the yellow, like the orange. Mm. I'm not crazy about it. And if you read any of the comics, there's different stuff. You definitely see that different X-wing squadrons, particularly if you pay attention to, uh, the star Wars squadron video game, they do tend to have different colored flight suits. Everybody doesn't yeah. wear orange. So, um, I've dabbled with that. There is an eBay uh, kit that is complete. That is the orange. And I'm like, you know, if I really want to hedge my bets, I'd probably buy the orange, and that way I'd have the chest pack and the alternate to then do also have the black. And so I, I've kicked a lot of stuff down, but again, 
I got to find somewhere that I'm actually going to wear it. Otherwise, I'm just building up this huge closet. This is my wife says to me. She says, you know, now that we've left the group, you don't have anywhere to wear this. And when we do events as the, as the Star Trek Club, which we have, we had 10 scheduled last year, all but one of which got canceled because of COVID. And we have just a few of them that we're going to be doing this year. But once we get in 2022, I expect we'll have another 10. So I have... I have 17 Starfleet uniforms. That is my passion. <laughs> that is my passion. So so I'm wearing those, but I also belong to the finest, which is the G.I. Joe Cosplay International Group. And so I, I do a lot of different cosplays, and it, trying to find a way to balance them, trying to find a way to get these Star Wars ones out there has not been so easy. But I know... Trip to Florida's in your future, I think. I know, yeah, my, yeah. I know my... My old man Han Solo is a good one, but yeah, again, I ditched the belt. Um, there, the great- there's a lot of people out there who are doing a similar thing to what you say, make your own original character. Um, I've got a couple IDs. I don't know if you guys can see them. They're made by a friend of mine, Hondo oh, yeah. Supply. But it's like me, but it's my own Star Wars character, Forzel Diano, instead of like Dano Flora is my real name. But I have an you see, it's j- just like mine, Cardon, Cardon Valentine. Yeah, Lord Dano Furs. You know, I kind of just rearranged <laughs> nice. the letters in my own name to make different identities. And I'm actually bringing that into a story into my channel and i'm going to be using my uh my droid friends i've got s4d b4by sad baby uh i I call my uh my subscribers the sad baby squad because on most toys there's that little logo with the zero to three you know ages zero to three it's a baby crying and says no because you Mm -hmm. want them you know ages zero but i call it the sad baby squad is what my (laughs) my my subscribers are called so i've made the droids that i built at galaxy's edge into somewhat co-hosts on my channel yeah. So I'll have them on, and they interact, and they boop and beep, and I'll just improv respond to them. Be like, oh, no, I didn't I mean it. that, you know, whatever, and I build them into characters. And so I'm actually working right now on a big, a bigger, like, variety show. I think Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse, but with Star Wars characters. That is awesome. And it's me and these right. two bumbling around in an old Star Tours vehicle. And I'm using, <laughs> I'm using like, a 3.75-inch scale star speeder that i bought at disneyland like and holy crap figures to film little things in green screen to interstitch so it's me in the flight suit or the action figure of uh snap wexley who's also a little portly like myself you know <laughs> to kind of you know interstitch between and it's going to be more of a variety show and instead of like oh it's time for a cartoon it's going to be it's time for a review where we'll talk about a toy <laughs> or a different product instead cool. so that's kind of one of the I've ways I've been seeing Galaxy some like Edge. toy photography and stuff on your on your Instagram page. Like, yeah. is that that kind of like leading towards that? Cool. I like it. I like building it. towards is that original character idea, because I know a lot of people who go to Galaxy's Edge love that. They have that same thing that you have, Charlie, where you you come up with the story. I'm this kind of pilot, or maybe I'm a smuggler, and you get to hang out on Batu. Maybe they'll make a reservation at Oga's and they'll hang out and they'll they'll gamble. They'll print out 3D printed credits and we'll play sabacc with each other and bet for drinks. And it's such a cool way to make Star Wars real, even if it's just for the day. Like, it's it's real. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met other people at full get up and we've gone to the cantina and hung out and had drinks while DJ Rex is playing music. It's the whole thing is amazing. It's It's really cool that we get to do that now. Thanks to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Wrap things up, I guess. Uh, like I said, I have a couple of rapid-fire questions. So very quickly, what is your favorite part of the immersion experience in Galaxy's Edge? Um, like immersion experience? Rise of the Resistance has to be it. That is the most immersive ride ever. I don't know if you've seen videos. I know you said you oh, didn't yeah. go. But, I mean, you – not to spoil too much for you guys, but, I mean, you get captured by the First Order. 
Like the the immersive experience starts when you're waiting in line, and now due to the pandemic, it's a little different. You skip some parts of the scene, uh, you know, the setup to it. But starting that ride out by being on the transport ship that takes you away, and then getting sucked in by you know a star destroyer, that whole ride is so immersive and fun. Even being put in the little jail cell, it like all of it is really really cool. Uh, so that to me, seconded by the Savi's workshop lightsaber lightsaber building experience is also really really immersive absolutely uh that kind of took care of my next two questions one was the best star wars ride so you go rise of the resistance for that one. rise of resistance for for sure sure. for sure uh and then the next one i was going to say i know you have your i was going to say you have your droid co-host so you already introduced those to us so thanks for reading my mind uh and i know like seven total now (laughs) amazing and I know you've and built lightsabers, like every lightsaber, right? You have all I of have the pieces, every piece. Correct? I bought yeah. every Sabi's piece. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so what if someone was to say, I can only do one, what would you recommend, droid or lightsaber? I mean, that depends on who you are. Right. That like is a, definitely depends on who you are. The lightsaber build experience is way cooler than the droid experience. The droid is more like build a bear but droids it's not there's not music playing there's not it's not like a show when you do savvies it's 200 dollars versus 100 for the droid so the lightsaber is twice as much but you're getting a show it's about 12 to 14 minutes long you're getting a whole show with lighting they explain to you the pieces you do the build special guest shows up i don't want to ruin anything for someone who hasn't been but let's just it's very moving if you're a fan of jedi and the force and all of it, it's it's a very touching experience. Mm-hmm. So if you have the 200, I would say the lightsaber is definitely unforgettable. But that said, I get more use out of my droids. I, so, I get that. So, yeah, but I also weathered mine. I took mine and I painted them after the fact. I started mm-hmm. a club just for that, Mubo's Droid Builder Club, where we specifically take those $100 droids that look plasticky. I'll be mm-hmm. real, they look like plastic toys. But we weather them, we paint them, we modify them to make them better. So that $100, you put another 7 bucks worth of paint onto it, and it looks legit and real, just smaller scale. Yeah, I. And, and as much as I love my lightsaber, I have to say the same kind of thing. Like, some of it looks and feels a little plasticky. Like, the the, yeah. the leather, especially on uh, the bottom part of my wrap, it's kind I of have been looking to replace it. It's a little rubbery feeling. I have been looking yeah. at, uh, like, very recently um, at replacing that with real leather. And, and I think I'm going to be getting that and experimenting with it. I've been looking at, at some stuff on Instagram of, like, people who have done it. And uh, one guy just got back to me today and he was like, yeah, this was my second attempt. The first one sucked and I had to remove a ton of glue. So that it's a little daunting, but, you know, that's fine. That's art, man. That's, yeah, how, that's, that's, how, that's what that's I tell it. people who want to customize the droids because they're I mean, honestly, it's not cheap. It's a hundred dollar droid. So sometimes yeah. people are like, I want to paint it and make it look cool, but I don't want to ruin my hundred dollar spend. Yeah. And you, you got to be ready to make mistakes. And if you don't like it, be ready to take it off or put more over it. And just yeah, accept that right. mistakes might be made, but you can always keep adding more. And, you know, that's it. Uh, next up, favorite drink at Oga's Cantina. <sighs> you um, can get one. What are you doing? You know what? I'm actually drinking it right now. The Fuzzy Tauntaun. So mm-hmm. I went and decided to learn how to make all the drinks at Oga's. <laughs> very expensive. Very expensive. So the <laughs> only bet. difference on my Fuzzy Tauntaun is I don't have the foam, the numbing foam, just because right. that's being brewed right now. But Still, it's basically just like a fuzzy navel, but the foam, which kind of makes your mouth tingle when you, yeah. you know, it's the 
the Szechuan pepper flower that makes your, you know, wow. that's the coolest one because of the effect it has. As far as favorite taste, jet juice. It's small, Ooh, yeah. but potent. It's a, it's basically bourbon, acai liqueur, and a little bit of chili liqueur and a white grape juice. And it's a really small, but it's potent and it's really good. Yep. Um, yeah, I really liked, uh, oh man, I tried a few cause my wife ended up having a sip of hers and then just kind of ditching it. So I, I, on an empty stomach, mind you at like one thirty in the afternoon, I had like three and a half drinks at Oga's in <laughs> a half hour that you're allowed to. Yeah, so I got out and I was it. like, the sun hit yeah. me and I was like, I need, I need a Ronto wrap. Uh, it was great. I've definitely uh, stumbled out of Oga's before. <laughs> <laughs> the rhodian ration was what put me over there just like the the um, little dessert the, yeah yeah so like, the one you had in florida they don't have that in california oh really? so i've i've never had that i have the recipe for it and i'm actually about to make it for a video coming up soon because earlier this month i did a video about how to make it was two alcoholic drinks two non-alcoholic drinks the batu bits the snacks and yep. then the charcuterie board, the uh, Hapabor sampler. So I did a oh. video on that earlier in the month, and I'm going to do a part Damn. two where we tackle more of the drinks, alcoholic and non-alcoholic. But this time we're going to do the desserts. So the Rodian Ration and Oga's Obsession. And then the Rodian yes. Ration has vodka in it. Yes, it does. The does it ever. Does it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's really cool. I can't wait to actually try that because I've never, yeah, I really haven't been cool. out to Florida, so I haven't tried it yet. It was really cool. Um do you have the cookbook? There's a there's a cookbook. A cookbook. Yeah. Now the cookbook is really cool, and I use a lot of stuff from it, mm-hmm. but it's not accurate to Galaxy's Edge. No, definitely not. A uh, lot of recipes are not the same at all. They're close. Yeah. But don't if you buy the cookbook, don't expect that it's the exact same stuff. And it's a lot of really really cool and neat recipes. I think the only one that's somewhat accurate is the Slug Slinger. The Dagobah Slug Slinger yeah. is pretty right on. Um, it doesn't give you the exact brands that they use inside of Oga's. But if you look at a picture of Oga's menu, you can figure out what the brands are and yeah. it's pretty easy. The, uh, yeah, the Ronto wrap was not even close. Oh, not even. Yeah, not, yeah, like, total, not remotely. Total, total Walmart uh, brand, huh? I just can't tell Yeah, <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. much. <laughs> it was a, the, the cookbook was a gift and I have loved a lot of it, but it's, it's a lot of it's not accurate. So I'll end up like combining bits of that and then looking on like, like Googling the recipes and try to get something closer. So it's, it's been a fun experiment. Uh, the final one that I want to ask you before we uh, wrap up and you can tell people where to find you blue milk versus green milk. What are you choosing? You can only choose one. I can uh, only choose one. I can't go mixed. That's it. Uh, no. I would go blue. I always default to blue. I like them both, yeah. but I like blue a little bit more. Yeah. Ditto. How about yourself? I, I enjoyed blue more. Uh, I liked them both uh, for for sure. Uh, I did not try those with alcohol because my wife cut me off after Oga's, but uh, but the I, I did like blue milk a little bit more for so sure. In California, they have their Batu West. There's a green milk with like chili, mango chili in mm-hmm. it. It's really good. Cool. It's, it's, a, it's a couple bucks more. But uh, it's 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 a really different taste because it's sweet. You know, normally the green yeah. sweet, a little floral and citrusy. Yeah. But adding that uh, chili mango sauce and chunks of mango to it, it's really good. Interesting. But I still go blue. Still go blue. Still go blue. All right. Very interesting. Well, Dano, it's been a pleasure. I don't want to take up any more of your time. So let's finish off by telling people where they can find you, where you want them to follow you. And uh, you've, you've filled us in a little bit on what to expect from your channels. So uh, so let's let, let us know uh, where we can find all this great stuff. Uh, most of it is going to be on YouTube at the Dano channel. So youtube.com slash the 
Dano channel. Uh, over on Instagram at Dano Flores. I actually post there more frequently. I, I feel like I'm on Instagram more than anything. Uh, and as well as Facebook, I've got a couple of groups. If you're building a droid and want to take it to the next level, we've got Mubo's Droid Builders Club, MuboSDBC.com. You can also get it there, but primarily on Facebook. And then we didn't talk about it too much, but the uh, Batu Bounty Hunt right. is one of the things that I started as well. It's kind of a way just to do giveaways in the park. Um, so I'll have 3D bags of 3D printed credits or just stuff that people have sent me that want me to, to give away. And I'll post, I'll go live on Instagram and say, here, here's where I'm at. If you can find me and say the code word, you'll get to claim the prize live in person on a live stream. I loved, uh, I loved when you did um, the Beskar. Yeah. The Beskar yeah, like, yeah, yeah. chunks or whatever. Yeah, like, that, that was so cool. I love that. I actually that. started printing out 3D printed Beskar, but with our own Batu Bounty Hunt logo on it instead of the Ooh. Imperial logo. So it's like so our I, own special ones. And this I, is just I, a, a coin, but I have best card with it. I might need me one of them, wink, 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 wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so we've got so... a lot of cool stuff. BatuBountyHunt.com is where that's through. And really the idea with that is not just for myself to do the giveaways, but to encourage everybody to kind of get more social with each other and host their own. A little hard with the whole pandemic. It all started right before the whole world shut down. So it's been a fun year. <laughs> but as things are opening up more and people are getting a little more comfortable and vaccinated and it's a bit more safe, um, the idea is that people, when they go on their trips, they'll make their own little trinkets and stuff to give away. And we want to use BatuBountyHunt.com. It's the Facebook group. Uh, we want to use that as kind of a forum to have people host their own giveaways. So if you're on Batu East or West, you can say, hey, I'm going to be here these days. If anyone else is there, be on the lookout for me. I'm going to have some giveaways. And it's just a fun way that the community kind of gets to get together and everybody gets to talk nerd out about Star Wars and trade little trinkets and stuff. So it's really cool. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Wait, that's awesome. Uh, and it, you've never been like stopped and like Disney been like, you know, because like, they crack down on cosplay. But like this is kind of. So, so they don't like like unofficial meetups in the parks or anything, but we've done droid meetups at Disneyland, but we'll do them outside of the park in the picnic area. That way anybody can come. So you don't have to have a park ticket that day or whatever. Anybody can come, bring your droids. We hang out. Now a majority of us afterwards will go into the parks, but our meetups are always held officially outside of the parks. And if you have a ticket and want to come hang out, we'll do group pictures in front of the Falcon with all of our droids that have been customized and all that kind of oh, stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's neat that all these little communities have kind of risen up around Galaxy's Edge. And that's mm -hmm. kind of been one of the like the more fun parts, at least for me specifically. So now I've got a bunch of new friends in the last two years. People I would have never known otherwise, and we're all just there to hang out on Batu and nerd out about Star Wars. It's really cool. So great. That's awesome. Oh, I I love your content. I hope uh, to continue to see more, especially as the pandemic opens up. And I uh, just really want to thank you for for taking the time and, and joining us uh, for this this really fun chat. Oh, thank you so much for having me, man. It's been a lot of fun. You got it. Cool. Good deal. All right. Well, then that's my part then. So friends, as always, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are a part of the ever burgeoning Secret Friends Unite podcasting network for different programs including this wonderful one you're listening to right now which comes out every opposite wednesday we're talking about star wars uh on the wednesday opposing mark is teaming up uh with todd extra our major domo to talk about video games uh on every monday you get myself plus my partners aaron and rich talking about star wars over on code 47 podcast and sure, then since so, oh my God, ah, it had the word star in it, Star Trek. Thank you. Uh, and then every Friday since 2014, uh, you get Todd and myself doing the Secret Friends Unite 
podcast, talking about geek culture in general for your listening uh, pleasure. We have a brand spanking new, thanks to uh, our webmaster, Mark, brand new spanking new website at secretfriendsunite.com. It's going to be the new home to all of our podcasts. Uh, it's going to be home to great original content, including photo galleries like my cosplay stuff, but also going to be reviews, blog posts, so on and so forth. So please go follow the site, uh, bookmark I, uh, that sucker, and keep. I might have back. to. I might have to put the the video of me entering Batu on the website Ooh. just as like an uh, an additional content for for this episode, so oh. everyone can can watch my embarrassing uh, open mouth geek out. <laughs> Because <laughs> you kind of kind of flopped out. Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, and of course, like right away, and then Vimerati comes up, and she's like trying to get me to hide her from stormtroopers. Like instant immersion right away. Wow. Like it's it's ridiculous. It's you are it's so all cool. up in there. Yeah. Good deal. You can, of course, also find us over on Twitter at Secret Friends. You drop us a line, let us know something you're enjoying, and we will talk. Uh, back at you, and then of course talk about it on the show. We've got a great show over on T Public. Search Secret Friends Unite. It's also linked from the website under merch. Uh, there's a great sale window coming up. You're going to be listening to this on Wednesday, but on this upcoming Thursday, uh, actually all the way through Memorial Day weekend, up to 35% off uh, on T-shirts and other great items like hoodies, stickers, notebooks onesies for the little ones buttons magnets coffee tumblers everything except for hats and hot pants that's what we found out todd's been lamenting not being able to get those hot <laughs> pants but i can't i can't i can't turn that around that's not on me but uh all proceeds from that do actually go back to benefit the show our website uh and basically being able to bring you cool fun content so please get out there uh we've got a lot of different cool designs we would love to have you support us out there in the world at large so uh with that i'm going to tell you one more time that thank you for joining us as always sharing is caring and keep on trucking may the force be with you rex play us out <laughs>